Hello and welcome to the world beyond. My name's Jordan. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting the show started. Moving forward with the series. I'm especially looking forward to hearing from some of you, some of your stories and tales, and uh, looking into those a bit further and trying to dissect what it is that you've seen or heard or experienced. Uh, today I'm going to be talking about one of my favourite time travel stories which is the story of John Titor or Titor I'm not 100% sure how you pronounce that but let's get let, let, let's get this done so for those of you who don't know uh, John Titor is a time traveller who first appeared on the Time Travel Institute forums under the pseudonym or online handle time travel underscore zero uh, he claimed he'd been on a mission to retrieve an IBM computer because of a hidden function now IBM at this point had never disclosed any information about a hidden function of being able to read any sort of computer code or computer language and he shared with the other members on the forum <coughs> some uh, images and descriptions and uh, of his time travel machine uh, a very very detailed story of where he come from the world he'd come from how time works uh, how his machine works he had detailed schematics of the machine and he was very convincing to a lot of people, uh, including my 15-year-old self. I think I was 15 when I first heard this. Yeah, I'll have been about 14, 15-year-old when I first read about it. And a lot of people bought into him. He disappeared for a while, and then he came back in uh, 2001, where he said he'd come to 2001 to spend some time with his family to get to know them as he was still a baby in the present time uh, it was all it, it was all a bit strange but it was all very interesting in recent years there's been an awful lot of people have picked apart the story and picked apart and picked apart uh, to the part where to the point where it's essentially debunked there's not really much uh, uh, what, what's the word there's not really much chance of there being any truth to the story and that is down to the actions of the Haber family I believe it's pronounced Maury Haber who was the Tito family's attorney officially made a lot of money from the book allegedly and as people have broken it down apparently the Haber family are in fact John Tito yeah, there was a nephew whose name I can't remember it might have been Brandon he being the you know the youngster the tech savvy youngster he was the one that got onto these forums and started posting this stuff uh, there was a brother involved Larry Haber who 
I'm not sure what his connect, whether he was some sort of scientist or something, but apparently he was the one that uh, come up with all the story and the detail and the, the images. And then Maury here by the attorney, he protected the interests of the, the Tito family, uh, so to speak, uh, whilst also writing and publishing a book and making a lot of money from it. So, you know, th there is a motive there for for the hoax. But, uh, I would I would like to think that this story is true, though, because I'm a huge fan of time travel, or the idea of time travel. Obviously, I can't be a fan of time travel, because as far as we know, it can't be done outside of theoretical science. But, um, Honestly speaking, I would like this story to be true. I, w I would like to think that there is somebody... I mean, maybe he's not here anymore. But I would like to think there's somebody wandering around who doesn't quite belong here. Who's just come back in time just for a look at how, how we live back... Like, well, now. In compared to wherever they come from. Uh, I mean, the answers this person could offer. Does the coronavirus ever go away? Are the effects of certain Western leaders ever recovered from? Did American Idol ever find any actual talent? Same with Britain's Got Talent. Did they ever find any actual talent beyond the year 2006? I mean, obviously we know that up to now they haven't, but moving on. No, it's just—it's it, a very interesting concept. Like this, this person turns up on the time travel institute. I am a time traveller. I've come from the year three thousand and nine hundred and twenty-two. He has a picture of my time machine. He has a photograph of it. This is my story. If you still don't believe me, he has the instruction manual for my time machine. The—the uh, the information this person would have would just be priceless to today's society or maybe you could put a price on it if all you wanted to know was the lottery numbers but um no I I, I, I think the idea maybe I'm romanticising it a little bit but I think the idea is phenomenal and, you know people are walking around I mean it, it Let's pretend for a minute it is 100% true and there's absolutely no dispute. That means the next time you go to a shop, you bump into someone, you say, oh, I'm sorry, excuse me. That person could be a time traveller. That person could be from God knows what year. They could be from the future, having a look at how the primitives lived. They could be from the past, thinking of us as the advanced human civilization. It's it's phenomenal. It really is. It's phenomenal, in its own right. I would like to think uh, in my lifetime we will discover time travel. I would really like to think that I would get to experience it. But how about you? If you could travel forwards or backwards any amount of years, uh, you could gather three people to sit down at a table with, enjoy a meal and a conversation, who would those three people be and why? 
Uh, use the link in the description to send me your voice clips. I'll read a few of them out on the next episode. And I look forward to hearing from you. Hello and welcome back to the world beyond. We're at episode two of this first series. Uh, my name's Jordan, and today we're going to be talking about the man from Torred, which is a, an interesting story with a, a couple of possible outcomes, and we'll get into them a little bit later. But for now, let's get on with the story. So the story goes: uh, a gentleman stepped off a plane in Japan destined for a business meeting in the 1950s uh, when he was going through customs the man surrendered his passport for an inspection and the customs agent was very surprised at the country of origin as it was a place he'd never ever heard of a place called Torred. Uh, the airport staff questioned the man where exactly have you come from and Torred was his reply the man is detained for further questioning and when police tried to interview him uh, they had to try in several different languages, they tried Japanese, they tried French, Spanish, German and they were able to start some kind of, get, like, get some dialogue going and start a conversation in broken English as the story goes. Uh, they presented him with a map of the world and asked, can you show us on here where you're from? The man points to an area in Europe around Spain, specifically Andorra. Uh, he's very surprised to see that his country isn't on the map and this frightens the guy a little bit he gets a bit angry thinking the police are playing some kind of trick on him with this map uh, he claims he's made the trip many times before and his passport proves that having stamps from Japan he's asked the name of the company that he's visiting and who his contact at that company is uh, he provides this information very willingly. It's the, the same company that he works for in his homeland of Torred. It's just the Japanese office. Uh, he gives the contact's name. The police contact the guy. And the man has never heard of this guy from Torred. Uh, he's got no record of him being on the company payroll or having ever been to that office in the past. Because they don't know what to do with him, the, the police transport the man to a hotel and get him a room where he's to stay under 24-hour surveillance until he can be taken to a higher authority for a questioning. The guard stays at the door all night. Nobody enters. Nobody leaves. In the morning, when they do enter the room, the man is gone. So is his paperwork, his passport, his luggage and belongings, and all of that documentation that he had with him, everything, all traces, completely gone. Now, I do hope you agree, that's a pretty, pretty amazing story, but what does it mean? Was the man literally the greatest hoaxer and escape artist of all time? Uh, in my opinion, that seems unlikely, as no one ever actually took credit for the stunt, and to be able to pull something off like, like that, I would say that would be a hell of an accomplishment. Theory 2, was he a time traveller from a future where countries have been established differently uh, again I think that's unlikely because he had money from several European countries that were correct for the time period 
and his passport would have displayed a date of birth and an issue date which would have raised alarm bells with the airport staff. Third theory is that he was some kind of dimension skipper from a different earth where geographical assignments were done differently. Uh, assuming there is other earths, this one could be a possibility. Uh, the different country names and different continent names that he mentioned, um, languages that the guy spoke what were unknown to the Japanese authorities. Personally, I think the most likely scenario is that there's nothing more to it than an urban legend. Uh, Japan in the 50s would have been recovering from the, the effects of the war. International flights would have been quite a rare thing, commercial flights. And the more you look into it, you'll find that there's no actual source of information for the story. It's just what somebody heard on top of what somebody heard on top of what somebody heard. So for me, it concludes that there's, you know, there's no solid evidence, there's no eyewitness account, unless there is, and we just never knew where it came from, if the guy has stayed anonymous for all these years. Um, now, as always, anyway, I would like this show to be uh, somewhat interactive, so if you have any thoughts on this, if, if you want to voice an opinion or tell me your theories I, I want to hear them I want to think on them so feel free to use the link below to send me a voice message um, I'll, I'll try and read as many out as I can in the, the next episode this is the part of the show where I would like to be reading out or listening to some of your voice clips and comments on the previous episode and opening a little bit of discussion up there uh, with us being a relatively new series I haven't have received any comments or voice clips from anyone yet so I mean this week obviously I can't do that but um, please do get in touch though like I say I want to hear what you've got to say I want to hear what you think I'm always up for another opinion another angle and maybe together we can put these stories together uh, that can conclude this instalment of The World Beyond. I hope you tune in next time. I'll be posting episodes on Wednesdays and Fridays weekly. It's 7pm UK time. Uh, remember to follow so you don't miss anything. Send me your questions, send me your thoughts. I'll read out as many as I can. Uh, and for now, goodbye. Just to let you all know, we have a poll running on our subreddit at the moment where you get to decide what it is that we chat about on the next episode. Um, please do go and check that out. That's r slash the world beyond podcast. Uh, if there's anything that's not on the poll that you think we should be talking about, please do leave a comment. Uh, when we find a general consensus, we'll 100% do an episode on what it is that you all want to hear. So that's r slash the world beyond podcast remember to join uh, start providing content and whatever it is you want to hear we will talk about <laughs>